With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Matt Chapel, and I'd like to welcome everybody to our town hall meeting tonight. Um, when I was asked to participate in this and be a part of kind of emceeing the thing or just keeping the, the thing flowing, um, I got to thinking about, you know, how to introduce the whole thing. And it's not like a big production or anything, but I just want everybody to kind of think about this is, this is what America is. This is why we're unique in the world. Uh, we have the opportunity to, uh, to voice our concerns and our questions uh, to those that represent us in local government and state government. And uh, it's something we should take serious. Uh, it's something that, uh, uh, that other people in, throughout the world would love to have that opportunity. Um, so tonight's format is going to kind of be, it's going to be really informal. Um, we're going to go through and we'll introduce everybody that's here. Um, Y'all are going to kind of run the show. So if y'all have a question, uh, you can either jot it down, get it to me, I'll ask them, or you can come up to the mic and ask a question uh, from there, uh, just one-to-one -one with them. Um, we've got uh, several representatives here. We've got Alex Seda, who's representing Pickens County Council. Uh, he's going to introduce himself and kind of uh, take a couple of minutes to go over a couple of items that he wants to mention uh, in the beginning. Uh, Fletcher Perry, the mayor of the city of Pickens, uh, he's going to do the same. Shannon Haskett, the school board representative. And then from the state, we got Senator Rex Rice and Davey Hyatt. So uh, I'm going to give each one of those. We'll start over here with Davey on this end. I'm going to give each one of them a little short chance to come up and uh, introduce themselves and, uh, you know, mention anything that they want you guys to know in the beginning. And then uh, once they all go through, then we'll open up the question time for you guys to submit your questions either to me uh, or to come up to the mic and, and ask them yourself. So, Davey. Thank you, Matt. Good evening. Good to see you all. Good turnout for a Thursday night. There's a lot of things going on in the community, and so thank you for considering this to be important, and thank you, Ed Lee. Thank you for Pickens Local for broadcasting this live, I believe, in it. And so we, uh, if, you, if you don't, uh, if you forget what was said, you can go back and look at it some other time. I think he's going to record it and listen to it. Uh, I am David Hyatt. Uh, I represent uh, the Pickens area, House District 4 in the State House. Uh, served for 18 years. Um, pick the House District 4 consists of Pickens, Liberty, Dacusville area, and uh, presently I serve as the majority leader in the State House and uh, was just recently elected that May the 12th. And uh, I must say that's been quite a quite an honor, but quite a job as well. But uh, it, uh, it is my privilege to serve in that capacity. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Uh, a lot of things going on in Columbia, uh, redistricting election year, Roe versus Wade, all those things have been coming on in the last uh, few months. We've been dealing with all those things and uh, we'll continue to deal with those things. Uh, I know there's several people want to talk about Roe versus Wade, so I'll, I'll wait and let you ask that question at the appropriate time. 
because uh, it's still in the process of trying to get worked out. Senate has now been called back in, and they're going back in to take a look at what's going to happen with our bill, and hopefully we can get something worked out. But thank you again for being here and looking forward to talking to you. Thank you. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Good. I, I really appreciate you coming out. I'm Rex Rice. I serve in the Senate, District 2, uh, and that is most of Pickens County with the exception of Clemson, Daniel High School, and going back over that direction. So uh, right in the center of the district right here. I, it's been my honor to serve. I've served now six years. Uh, it's, I served in the House for 16 years, served some down there with Davy in the House, got out. Thought I was done, and, and then I got talked into getting back in the middle of it again. So it, it's been an honor to be there. Let me just say this. Uh, there's several items that, uh, and, and we want to just kind of open this thing up uh, so that we can hear from you. I know when I stand up in front of you and start talking, and I watch everybody's eyes kind of start dropping and glazing over, I know I'm talking about things you don't care about, so we want to hear about you. But uh, one of the things, one of the big bills we passed this year is the BBA bill, or, or excuse me, it's a, COS bill, but it re would require if the enough of us states, 34 states come together in a convention, it would re we could require the federal government to balance their budget. It would t it's a constitutional amendment. Uh, $31 trillion is the debt that they just passed, we just passed, I think, yesterday. Uh, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me or you, to, uh, $31 trillion, but let me explain it to you. That's almost $100,000 per person in this room, man, woman, and child in America that we're in debt. So a family of four is $400,000. We've got to fix that. And the only way to fix it, Washington isn't going to fix it. We've got to fix it at the state level, and we've passed that. Uh, the, uh, so that's convention of states you're talking about? Convention of states. And I can get into... Which is 34 states. To call for a convention. And then once it's called for, we'd have a convention of states. It wouldn't be Washington do it. We'd put a constitutional amendment together, and then it takes 38 states to ratify it after it's passed. So, yeah, I'll be glad to get into any more details on that. Uh, one one thing we passed, and, uh, you know, we all hear about the sex offender registry. Uh, if somebody gets put on the sex offender registry, let's just say while they're a teenager, say they're having uh, something happens and for a, some minor offense, they stay on it for life. There was a lawsuit on that that said that people could come off of that without any questions asked. We did pass a bill that said if you had, depending on the nature of the crime, that you can come off of it, but it would be a long time. It would take, uh, the minor crimes would be 15 years. But if you have somebody that's a teenager and uh, that's caught on something that they're on a sex offender registry for life uh, and they're 70 years old, that is kind of unfair on their part. We were getting ready to lose the sex offender registries if we didn't do something, so we did pass that. Uh, the um, one bill that did pass the Senate and it stopped in the House was the Compassionate Care Act, legalizing marijuana in here. That's, uh, I personally voted against it. Uh, a lot of members of the House didn't like it. Uh, if you go other places and see what that's done to, I'm going to say Colorado, uh, that it, it, to me, it's not a favorable bill, but that's one of the things. I'll I'll sit down with that, let y'all ask questions, and uh, if you've got, I've got a whole list of things up here. But it, with that, Shannon. Yes, sir. My name is Shannon Haskett, and uh, I feel like they probably had an empty seat tonight, so they picked me. 
to uh, to represent from the school board only because these great members here, leaders in our community, and I appreciate them. So I've been on the school board now for six years, uh, born and raised in Pickens, uh, 50 years young. And uh, my kids came through Ambler and then Pickens Middle School. My son is a senior this year. My daughter, she's in the ninth grade. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that as background as a youth pastor and a, a business owner, I've been self-employed. My dad's been self-employed all his life. You know, dad always just talked about, you know, unity. And that's hard, especially when you're dealing with teenagers. Having two in the house right now and trying to do everything right all the time, um, thank goodness, you know, our home lives under grace. It's like, I know I'm going to mess up every day, uh, but we just try to do the best that we can with what we do and our decisions that we make. And you know what? We fail, but we learn from them, and we move on. And, um, and that's what we're doing tonight. That's why we're together as a group. And I just appreciate your participation tonight and just being here. Thank you. If you have a seat beside you, please let someone know so that people that are standing can have a seat, please. I think Donnie's going to go down somewhere in the middle and try to find some seats for everybody else. Well, hello. My name is Fletcher Perry. Uh, I have served on city council for three consecutive terms and now I have the utmost responsibility of serving as mayor. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Mr. Alex Sater for having the courage to bring us together to come here as, and speak to the citizens. Uh, there are some issues that this, this, this city is looking at, and like any organizational business, we have had challenges to be able to hold personnel, okay? Uh, if you look around the city and companies, you see a sign that says, help wanted, okay? Uh, in my capacity as mayor, we've had a number of people who've resigned, a number of people who said that they would look for jobs in another place simply because we couldn't meet with the expectations of funding and salaries. And now we hopefully in the beginning of the year, we're going to do what's called a salary classification study to make sure that we're competitive with other municipalities and other businesses. The one thing that I think that we all, that I'm concerned with is the fact that I get many complaints about the coloration of the water, the taste of the water, and the pressure of the water. And thankfully, we have collaborated with other municipalities. Well, one other municipality, Liberty, um, Easley Central, Six Mile Water District, and Pickens County Water District. And we have formed a partnership to build a water plant on Lake Kiwi. In 1972, there was a, I think it was 72, there was a water plant built by the city of Greenville. They piped water right through Pickens County and turned around and sell it back to us. And they've indicated that we would probably never have a seat on that board. So we think it's very important to build that water plant, to have a collaborative effort, to be able to sell water to our citizens in the city. However, we can build the most fantastic water plant on Lake Kiwi. And we don't fill and build the infrastructure correct here in the city, we'll still be passing that water right through these dirty pipes. So I'm, I'm glad to announce that at this point, we are planning or doing plans to look at our infrastructure as far as water lines in the city to replace them. The second thing I think that's, that's really a concern right now, last Monday night we had a city council meeting and there's, historically, there's a water tank on Main Street. That water tank has not been used for many years. We've had a, an assessment of that water tank, 
And we had many people come and come to city council and speak about the historical perspective of that tank. So what we did, one of those gentlemen asked that the assessment, the engineering that looked at that tank be made available. And right now we're gonna make that available. Uh, it's gonna be, right now there's information in the hall, uh, in the hallway at city council, at the city. Also there will be a newspaper article and it will be expressed on uh, social media, okay? So look forward to that. And then after we felt like we needed to be transparent with the citizens in the community, with the decision we're gonna make with that. Once you take a look at it and you come back to council, we will hear you again, and then we'll make a decision. Thank you. Alex Seda, I represent uh, Pickens on the county council. Uh, let me tell you this came about. Uh, when I was running for the council, Matt Chappell said to me, you know, you should have town hall meetings when you actually get elected or if you do get elected. And that's what we did. I saw him not too long ago, and I said, let's do it. And we did it. So these are the representatives who represent Pickens. I represent county council, city of Pickens, school board. Uh, state senate represents Pickens. The state house, he represents Pickens. It'd be nice to see these all over the place because we got about 60-some-odd people out here, which is a lot pretty surprising, and I want to take a picture of you if I can because <laughs> I'm going to put it on my page tomorrow just, just to show people. Uh, you're actually not in there, Jeff. <laughs> no, you are. You'll see it tomorrow. And um, it turned out to be pretty good. I'm just going to give you the real skinny on the issues that have been important on the county council. Um, Highway 11, we'll take questions on any of these. EMS, slow response times. Tourism, the fire tax, you got your fire bill, you got your property tax bills the last couple days. Recyclables and where, they, where do they stand. High speed internet, which we're starting to see in, in northern Pickens now. And then um, anything else you want to ask me a question on? You're up. All right. Uh, just a little of the logistics side of this thing. Um, if you have a question, uh, you do need to come to the mic. Uh, the way the acoustics are in here, you can't hear very well. And if you're speaking from the side or from the back, uh, it's kind of hard for everybody to hear. So step to the mic if you have a comment or a question. Um, <clears throat> ask your question. We'll get an answer. Step back. If there's a follow-up question or something, we'll kind of take some turns with that. Um, the conversation go and try and keep it uh, you know questions for the school board for the house for the Senate for County Council the city and you know kind of keep it balanced as we can so that you know nobody's up here sitting twiddling their thumbs so um, if anyone has a question like I said again if you want to jot it down and get it to me I'll ask it for you um, I'll come and get that one um, if you if you raise your hand and I'll call on you and you can step to the mic you're up first Hey, y'all love me, right? Oh, yeah. Jeff, right behind us. Right here. 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 Wow, is my voice is my voice that deep? Hey, okay, I got a, uh, a question that's going to lead into a question to expect the answer. Okay, I attended the city council meeting Monday, Tuesday night, whatever night, and I came up there with respect to the 
tower, okay? I had some concerns about the tower. Well, uh, then it evolved into um, Halloween. Now, I know nobody wants to hear about Halloween, right? But I do, and this is why I do. You guys have either hired, contracted a guy named Brian Owens, okay? Mayor Perry. And uh, he is the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce. Now, the Chamber of Commerce has a role, and their role is to promote business within the city. My question would be, why are we paying this guy? Because I made a comment on the City of Pickens page, and their response was, I don't know who responded, but somebody responds on the City of Pickens page, that you guys are paying Brian Owens. Now, Brian is a director of Chamber of Commerce. But we're paying him, from a city standpoint, to promote events. Now, he made a comment that night. Fletcher, you can go back and review it. Anybody in here can review it. He made the comment that he went down and spoke to, or the chamber spoke to, all the business owners that's involved in the blocking off for a Halloween event, right? I spoke, I went and spoke, and we even got owners of businesses in Pickens in that side that said they was never approached. So he presented to you guys and the council and you as the mayor that their decision was based on, and he, he and I can read it to you. I, I'm going to read it to you. What's the question? The question is, the question is, who asked that question? You, Alex? Well, you're in the county. I'm asking this to the city. Uh, my question is, are we paying a guy that's over a nonprofit organization, and we are we paying him to do a city? Uh, great question to great question, Jeff. Great sure. question. I got you. I, you got I, figured, I got you. Do you. you understand what I'm saying? I, I do understand what Can you're you saying. That? Yeah. I do. Okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. What? Brian Brian Owens is the director of the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce sits over here. Okay. Okay. I got. I got that. The city. They sit over here. Okay. We hired Brian Owens' company, Blu-ray Digital, to do basically what he's doing right there. Okay. Okay. I got that. I felt in the past that you have the same concern that some of the other council members had. That since the Chamber of Commerce is a nonprofit organization. Number one, we can't give them money, okay? But what we done was we wanted to start a working relationship with the Chamber that we had somewhat of a working relationship in the past, but not like we have now. So we got Blu-ray, now we got the Chamber. He's the owner of Blu-ray. He sits on the Chamber as the Board of Director, okay? He's executive the executive director, okay? But they have a board of officers who voted him on, I think. You're right. Okay? You're right. So we did not have an event coordinator, okay? We wanted to establish a relationship. So what the city does is when the chamber organizes an event, usually at the amphitheater, the city 
pays for the event, okay? We pay the event. Pays for the event. For the oh, event. If a band comes to at the uh, amphitheater, they charge a fee, the city pays that fee, okay? And I understand that. I'm just trying to understand why we got businesses in the city of Pickens that pays a fee to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. okay. But there again, now we got the city hiring the same guy that's over this over the Chamber of Commerce, but he gets paid, he gets paid a fee to do that. I know that sounds repetitive. <laughs> But could you explain the, cha that? the chamber? It, 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 the sounds like we double, it sounds like we double dip. The chamber's over here. The city has nothing, no authority, no direction, or can even tell the chamber what to do. We don't have that authority. They act on their own. We hired him to do what he's doing right there to stream our city council, to make it available to everybody that cannot come. And we thought that was a good thing. That was a good idea. And I agree. I okay. agree. I agree. But Ed Lease did that five years ago. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just not understanding why we're paying a director of the chamber to we, do what he we're should not be paying, We're not paying the director. We're paying a, a person who owns a business that's called Blu-ray Digital. Blue Line Digital. Okay. okay. You're two, 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 two separate entities. You're right. Okay. You're right. But he does sit over is the director of the chamber. We have no direction. We have no authority over the chamber of commerce. Can I mention one more thing? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Now, hold okay. on. We're, city, we're going to limit one, one question per person, please. Let, let's, we've got, so i got to sit down? Yeah, just, just have a seat just for a minute. Y'all love me, guys. I've got, Thank you. Thank you. I've got another question that was submitted in writing. Um, this one is for our state representatives. Um, uh, does the state legislature, or would you two specifically, consider closing the Republican primary? What, what, what the issue, what that's talking about is registration by party. In South Carolina, when you go to register to vote, you don't register Republican, you don't register Independent, you don't register to Democrat. The answer of the question is I do, I would support it, and I have actually sponsored legislation to close the primaries. And we got very close, uh, and I say that on in the Senate, we got it actually out to the Senate floor uh, two years ago, and the way we did it was, if you recall, uh, in the presidential primaries, uh, uh, President Trump was then on the primary, but it, there was no Republican primary. So the Democrats had a primary. That's when President Biden got uh, elected or got appointed or uh, selected as a nominee at that point. So at that point, the Democrats and the Republicans both agreed on bringing a bill out uh, of judiciary, Senate judiciary, that would close the primaries. That's as far as it got. I will continue to support that bill. It needs to be done. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, uh, there's been a bill introduced in the House at least twice. It's never got as far as it did in the Senate. Uh, of course, there's more members in the House, so you got more opinions that have to take care of that. I signed on to the bill both times, I don't, two or three times. I've, I've supported the bill. Uh, I'm sure it'll get pre-filed or get filed again this year. It always it always gets filed. Now, whether it, where it goes, 
Uh, sometimes it never even gets out of the out of the drawer of the chairman or whatever. But uh, I will tell you that the, the the state parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, neither one of those support that really. I mean, I've talked to to the Republican chair, uh, leader in the state, and uh, he's not a big fan of that. I mean, he he's, he would support it if it got to a certain point, but he's not going to. I don't think he's going to make that an effort of his. But uh, yeah, I've I've supported it uh, what two or three times. I mean, ever it's been. They've been, been introduced, and I'm sure it'll be introduced again this year. So it'll be back on Thank the you, Bo. Again. Anyone else have a question? Barry. If you will, just, just ask your question and let yep, them yep. answer. Mine, the yeah, mine's real time. quick, and I'm not, a, I'm not attacking anybody, I promise you. I appreciate all of y'all guys. Y'all put yourself on the front line here for questions tonight, but each of you guys has helped me somewhere down the road, and I appreciate everything you've done. But I am going to address the mayor, not an attack at all, just concern. You know, I spoke Monday night on the water tower, and that's what this is about. Um, just real quick, promise. 1921 is when that tower was put up in our town, okay? And 1922 is when we first got our water turned on for the first time in the city of Pickens. Okay, that's an iconic historic structure for our town. I mean, it's been there. I want it to stay up there. Bottom line is, that tower says what? Historic Pickens, South Carolina. We need to preserve history here in Pickens. We're losing it all across the world. Everywhere, they're tearing down monuments and structures. We need to keep history here in Pickens. And that water tower may not mean a, a lot to some of you guys, but I bet you the majority of this room would like to see it stay up. Um, and there's people, Mr. Mayor, behind me. They want Barry. Do you want us to pack City Hall? Because we will protest or petition or whatever. I don't want that. There's an easier solution to this. And the structural engineer uh, report. Yeah, I need a copy of that. I asked for that the other night. There's two copy. There's two pages of that at City Hall that anybody can see. Yep. Well, we'll look at that. Because I think it can be fixed. I think we're just losing history. I don't want to lose history. There's other options. I don't think nobody's came to Davie and asked for funding or money for this. I mean, there's other options. Just a few months ago, we was looking at $60,000, $70,000 to restore a water fountain on the corner that didn't even belong to us. That tower belongs to all of us. It's very important. 1921. That's a long time, and she's still standing. What's your question? My, my question, real quick. My question is, how do you personally feel about the water tower? I hate to put you on the spot, but I want to know, as a citizen of Pickens, how do you feel about the water tower? Thank, Thank you, Barry. sir. You're welcome. Barry Crawford is the, the historical, historical guru for this city, okay? <laughs> I, I know that and I respect that. When he comes to talk about historical things, he's done his homework. Today I was told that it's going to take, it would take double what it would cost last month to take that tower down. It's going to take five times as much to restore it. My only concern personally, I hear you when you say historical, but I was with a young police officer when a hurricane destroyed, came by his mother and father's house. 
I went up there personally and I saw the damage of the homes that it did. My concern is when they told us that water tank has is is not structurally unsound, but the top of it, okay, has some issues that need to be really looked at. I do two things. I look out for the overall safety of the citizens because we have been told that if that tank falls, it would basically basically bankrupt the city. So I'm in a position to say, what do we do? Do we restore that tank that's going to cost us about a half a million dollars, okay? Or do we look out for the safety of the citizens because if that top or that tank falls, we don't know when it would fall, we don't know the conditions around it, it would fall, and we do not know the death may that come from that tank if it falls, okay? So I'm looking at what's best for the citizens, okay, safety-wise, okay? When you get a copy of that report, and it's available now because it was you that asked for that report, okay, and council decide to make this transparent, let's put the report out there and have everybody look at it. And if we need to, let's get a second opinion, okay? So we heard your cry. Give us time to respond. As a citizen, that tank, for me, when that tank was up there in 1921, I was born in 1954. I am. Yeah, I got a 50th class reunion coming up this month. There were stores up on Main Street. I could look at that tank, but there were stores on Main Street that I couldn't set my foot in. Why? Why? Because of the color of my skin, okay? That tank has a has a historical monumental value to new to you, but there's so many other issues and financial things that we need to look at it for the city than a tank that was built in 1921. Okay, if you can help me say that we can find the funding and not put the city in a in a financial burden, we're gonna listen to you. We are, but right now. I'm looking out for the safety of the citizens. And that means that tank needs to come down? No, don't. It might need to come down. Based on when you look at your structural uh, assessment from that engineer and we get a second opinion, let's talk about it then, okay? Openly, let's have an open discussion about it. Mr. Derrick, I, I appreciate you, man. I really do, okay? I do. But I'm going to tell you from the bottom up. But you Thank you, Mayor. All right, we've heard from we've heard from the from the mayor. We've heard from our state representatives. Anybody have a question for the county council or school board? County council or school board? Anybody got one? You got one for school board? All right. Jan, you ready? I'm Michael Keith, a lifelong resident of Pickens County, a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, I have a quote. An, by an unknown author that I want to read first before I ask my question, real short and sweet. And it goes as follows. The greatest choice that you have, the greatest power you have is the power of choice. And all of you sitting here have made the choice to be where you are. Even though you were elected, you made that choice. And I thank you for serving in the position that you're in, okay? My question to Shannon is, is uh, do we track and keep statistics on bullying in the schools of Pickens County? Michael, that is a great question, and thank you for your service. 
um, I'm going to have to find out for you. I'll do my email. And I will, our personal phone number or anything. I do know that, you know, there are keywords that we track on the kids because, you know, my daughter was looking up a report to do something and it flagged one of those words and it sent me the email and everything. Um, You know, I know it's tough, um, (laughs) but exact statistics and who it is or whatever. I mean, let me, please let me get your email. Yes, sir. And get back with you on that. Thank you again, sir. Good question. Thank you, Shannon. You want to have a question for county council? I've, I've got one here. I'm going to. Oh, do we have one? Oh, yes, ma'am. Hold them up high. I'm, I'm maybe a little young, but I'm blind anyway. Hi, Alex. Would you update us on um, Highway 11? Hi, Alex. This is Polly Keller. Would you update us on the um, Highway 11 project, please? Okay. Let me just tell you about this whole situation with Highway 11. Um, Highway 11 is not a protected state, federal, or county road. No protections at all. It's just in the name only. All you have to do is to drive into Oconee County and see all sorts of development on Highway 11 in Oconee County to tell you it's not a protected road. Um, anyone could build a dollar store up there. They could put a car lot. They could put a manufacturing plant. They could clear cut a thousand trees. And the name scenic in the title is not going to stop them. It means nothing. So what happened is with all the growth we were seeing and no restrictions of development on Highway 11, you know, I really came up with, um, and the rest of the council came up with the question of, are we going to do something about Highway 11? Are we going to do nothing and leave it unrestricted? and have it look like Oconee's Highway 11 in 10 or 15 years? Or are we going to take action to put restrictions on development on Highway 11? Um, what I did is I knocked on doors on Highway 11. I sent mailers out to people who lived on Highway 11. Um, I answered emails. I wrote letters to the editor who's been on Facebook. Um, we've had loads of meetings, whether it was ACOG or County Council. We, and I, we listened to everybody. But myself, I listened closest to the people that actually lived on Highway 11 and would be regulated because they would be affected. And uh, the voices were actually pretty clear, um, the people that lived there. They were not afraid to give up some of their property rights to protect Highway 11 and keep it scenic. They wanted no new manufacturing, no new commercial, no new subdivisions, but they were okay with unrestricted single lots. Now, that's my position. It's probably more extreme relative to the council. Some of the council men want to see some commercial up there. Some of them want to see subdivisions up there. Having lived up there myself for 15 years, I remember droughts 15 years ago, and, and wells are drying up. Now, if you start putting more subdivisions up there, wells may dry up. The county does not own a water company. <laughs> I don't know what we would do. Um, so it was deemed a scenic highway in 1994. The state never put any restrictions on it. So the county council has to make a decision on this. They said, I've made my decision. I'm ready to vote. So hopefully we'll make a decision in the next month or two. The plan is basically to take Highway 11, 1,000 feet on either side. That's my plan. And within that 1,000 feet, no new manufacturing, no new commercial, no new subdivisions, but individual residential houses could be built. That's it. Thank you, Alex. All right. Yes, sir. I'm Alan Quinn from Easley. 
And I'm a member of the Pickens County Republican Party, and we recently approved a resolution to the state SCGOP as follows. Whereas fuel prices have drastically increased recently and will continue to increase in the foreseeable future, whereas general inflation is at an alarming rate with potential to become hyperinflation, putting the citizens of South Carolina lower income families and those on a fixed income on, in financial distress, whereas the surplus in the state gas tax fund has given to over $1 billion, that's $1,000 million, since the 27 gas tax was implemented, whereas the South Carolina DOT has stated they cannot spend $1 billion to repair roads in a timely fashion due to lack of contractor resources and other reasons, whereas this unused surplus continues to grow as gas prices increase negatively impacting families in South Carolina. Now, therefore, Therefore, be it resolved that South Carolina's legislature shall put a moratorium on collecting the 27 gas tax when the cash balance to fund vendor payments exceeds $500 million. Right now it's $2 billion. And or when net amount available for projects exceeds pending vendor payments for projects with no more than 36 months project execution and billing cycle. All surplus, this is the second part of the resolution, all surplus funds will be distributed between the 46 counties on a monthly basis in the form of county transportation CTC funds using the same formula that is currently used to determine how much those funds will be. Now, Representative Hyatt, you are now the majority leader in the House and House and Senator Rice, you have about 25 years total in Columbia. So you should have a lot of influence in Columbia. They did consider this last year after many states did pass it. Many of the states passed this moratorium because of the high prices. And y'all listened to it, but it didn't get into the, it didn't hit the floor. It was dropped. So this is kind of a yes or no question. We all together, Representative Hyatt and Senator Rex Rice sponsor a companion bill in the Senate and House to adopt this resolution in total. Since we passed this resolution, the surplus funds have grown to over $2 billion. They were $1 billion. In a short amount of time, we're at $2 billion, and it's growing very fast. So that's my question, and I think it's a yes or no question. Will y'all sponsor that together? Thank you, Mr. Clinton. And, Alan, I'd have to look exactly at what you're talking about. When you say surplus funds, you're talking about unencumbered funds. In other words, I, what I heard you say, and I'd have to look at the resolution again, but I think what you said is anything that uh, could not be contracted in a th three-year period. Correct. Correct. And, and I, I can't remember what the number was, but you were asking about suspending funds, and then you also asked about transferring funds. Uh, are you suspending funds that should be transferred? Or No, we, we need a moratorium now until that $2 billion comes down to a reasonable level. Rex, they've only spent about $600 million since they started gas tax in 2017, and we've got $2 billion there. And the county just 
raised our road taxes because they ain't got enough to fix the county and the state's only given the county 2%, 2% of what they get off the county. Alan, what I'm going to say is that I would have to look at your, I need to look at the numbers, okay? And I look at the numbers. If the, if the surplus funds are, are as extensive as you say they are, and the money is not being spent, and there's no contract let. Now, if a contract's let for those funds that can be spent in 36 months, you can't encumber those funds, or you can't stop. If those, but I, I'll, in concept, I will support what you're asking to. But I've got to look at the details on it. But I'll, I'll be glad to give you a commitment to support that in concept. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Alan. We've had this conversation many times. First off, the, the state of South Carolina gave Piggins County $5 million last year in CT funds, extra money. We had excess money. We sent Piggins County $5 million back to CT funds last year, one-time thing. So this thing about giving them $2 million, that you're wrong on your information there. We gave them $5 million one-time money. Yeah, but you said two, so I wanted to correct you so people here would know that you were wrong and it is five million, not two. Next off is I-26 from Malfunction Junction to Newberry. Six-lane road, five-year project, almost $6 billion. That contract's been let. That money is sitting there to pay them whenever they ask for their, that part of the money. That's part of the money that hadn't been spent yet. We can't go pull that money back from that contract and say, we're going to pull your money back until, you know, until we decide to do it. We've already let that contract. That's coming all the way from Malfunction Junction to the, to the Love's Truck Stop in Newberry. It's going to be six lanes. It's going to take a long time. I-26 on the other side of Columbia going to Charleston, six lane in it all the way to Charleston. That contract's fixing to be let. That money's going to be held there. There, there is some excess money, but you're you're not talking about. And, and Senator Rice is exactly right. We can't go pull money that we've already let a contract. It may be two or three years before they get these contracts started. But the DOT is not working on a ten-day contract. They're working on a two or three-year contract. So if they commit to that money, we can't go pull that money back as a legislature, and send it back to CTCs or whatever. We can't put a gas tax on, take a gas tax off, put a gas tax on, take a gas tax off. You can't do that way, Alan. You just can't do that. That's just not reasonable. So you've got, once those contracts are left, and, and your, your dollar figures, if you take into consideration what they've already committed to, your numbers come way down. And yes, there is some excess money sitting there because there's not enough contractors and they're picking up some more contractors in the state of South Carolina. But you also got to understand that those contracts, you've got to honor those contracts. You've got to have the money to pay those people when they're wanting their money. It's pretty simple. It's business. That's what you do. And so once you give a contract, you got to be able to pay them. You can't pull that money away from them. I, if, if there was... $5 billion sitting in there and nobody was going to spend it and no contracts were given, I'd be the first one to say give it back to the 46 counties. But there's a lot of that money already been promised to these contractors and to these to these jobs, and you can't you can't pull it away from them. You're right. Me and you have talked about this several times. 
and you're talking about these interstates, six billion dollars. Maybe that is federal money. I'm talking about no, state no, money. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Tax trust no, it's not. Look, I-95. I-95 going to the Georgia line by, by Hilton Head and all that. County, state, federal. Parts of that road are split up. There's parts of that road that's county. There's parts of that road that's state. There's parts of that road that's federal. You got to have all three entities working at the same time because you can't go eight miles and stop and say the next mile and a half belongs to the county, so we're not going to fix that part of it. So you got to have all three of those entities working together. Yes, it is federal money, but there's state money involved in, in I-26. There's state money in I-85. I-85 going to Spartanburg. You know, now you're saying that a little bit while ago. You were saying that that, but it's there's state money, there's federal money, and there's county money. And so you, you you got to understand that the process, there is certain things that we have to pay for if we're going to fix our roads. Our roads didn't get bad overnight, and they're not going to get fixed overnight. I wish they were. I wish they could fix every road in my district because that's what I get the most calls about is roads. Right, thank you, Mr. Hyde. So you won't support it? Well, let me ask you a question. Did the, did the Pickens County Republican Party pass it as a party, or did the resolution committee pass it? As a party with only two dissenting votes. Okay. Well, send it to me. I'll take a look at it. And if there's some excess money, I'll be glad to talk to you about it. Thank you, Mr. Hyde. All right, we have a question uh, came to me in writing. Uh, and this one's kind of for the city and the county. Uh, the city council meetings and the county council meetings are apparently on the same day of the month. Um, and so I guess people are seeing a conflict in that. And so is there a way to resolve that from either either side? So either one of y'all can take that or both. If there's five to one votes on the county, I'm the one. I don't, I don't set the agenda. I don't set the dates or the times. Mayor? I learned quickly that as a council form of government, that I only have one vote, okay? If my council would make a recommendation that we look at changing that date, I think it would be very feasible for us to do that. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, yes, ma'am. Hey, I'm Tina Burkholm. I am here to represent some small businesses, kind of piggybacking off of what Jeff said, but... I did talk to Brian. There was some resolution with everything. I do feel like it's a conflict of interest to have somebody who sits on the Pickens Chamber to be running City Hall with the social media, Facebook. I do. But my question to you is I feel like there's a lack of communication between small businesses and the city. I've been at both places. The only time we see the city is if we do something wrong. There is nothing, um, we've done outreaches for the community and everything. There's no, hey, you know what? You guys are doing a really good job. It's no, your sign's too high. Don't blow your leaves there. Make sure your hedges are trimmed. So how can we better the communication between our small businesses who feel like they're not getting heard, they're not getting the support, the love from the community that they need? That's a great question. I I've served on city council now for, on city council for three terms. I've been through five administrators, okay, starting with Chris Eldridge, Catherine Brackett, um, Bruce Evil Sizer, um, David Polson, um, yeah. Mr. Trotter, and now we have another newly assigned 
administrator. Her name is Ms. Charlene Carter, okay? I have utmost confidence that we're gonna address some of those concerns that you just indicated. She told me that she wants to get on the streets in her tennis shoes and come out and meet every business owner. And there is a great concern that I thought about, about we moved uh, Halloween to the rec department, okay? When businesses come and say, listen, we want Halloween on Main Street, that's something we need. We'll entertain that, okay, and listen to it. I just think you're right. We need to have better communication. The chamber is responsible for having that communication with the businesses. Barry knows when a Market at the Mill opened up, I asked the chamber to go down and ask people at the Market at the Mill to be members of the chamber so they would have some representation. That's been kind of a rough ride in the last three or four weeks, okay? But we want to we want to we want to fix that, okay? So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to talk to Miss Charlene tomorrow, and I'll have her contact you because you come up with a great suggestion. It's great to come up with a suggestion. Now we need to put put some foot forward, okay? But my only thing is, I think the chamber it's wonderful. The business that I'm representing has been a chamber member. The chamber has done nothing for us other than be like your chamber member of the month. I run social media for both places that I work at. I have never had the city nor the chamber pick up anything. One of the places I work for is a not-for-profit. We're not going to be able to pay a chamber member to be to be able to do that. That's what I'm saying. I, I, think, I, hear you. I think it needs to be a communication between the city of Pickens and the small businesses. I get that the chamber is a wonderful, and they may be revamping and doing whatever, but I pulled what they were supposed to be doing for the place that I'm representing that was a chamber member, and I have talked to a lot of local um, businesses, one Finders Keepers that's here, they said, we won't do it again. That's a hundred, that's, you know, $175, $200. And with the price of inflation and everything, we can't afford it. I spoke with James, Jeremy, I think, David, was it yesterday? yesterday? Yesterday I spoke with Jeremy about his concern, okay? I found out that he was, a chamber member, but based on the inefficiency from the chamber, he felt like that he didn't want to become a member, okay, again. Uh, so we've got two problems here. We've got the responsibility of the business owner, which is have a relationship with the chamber, and the city of Pickens having a business relationship with the businesses, okay? I'll look into that. I will. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mayor. I'm going to uh, present a question to Alex. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to oh. take her where she left off. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I am not sitting here trying to personally attack nobody. I think after our discussion yesterday, I did get a phone call today. We've had great advertisement since then. My only issue is, is before my complaint, the city did no advertising. The chamber did no advertising. The city picked and choose who they advertised for. Same people over and over and over again. Until my complaint yesterday, we had no advertisement. Four years been on the chamber. Not one time did we ever get advertisement from the city or the chamber. I get a phone call today saying the chamber is one entity, the city's one. The city is the one that advertised the business that we was discussing yesterday. The chamber's not the one to advertise it. The city of Pickens was the one to advertise it. 
The city of Pickens can't even ad advertise for their local businesses in their own town, but they're going to advertise for somebody in Easley. What happened to sharing and giving the love for the businesses that y'all getting the money and support from in y'all's own town? You just sit up here a minute ago and said that the chamber and the city is two different entities, but you got one person running both of them, treating it like one business. I agree, in the last 24 hours, if you look on y'all's Facebook page, there has been more advertisement in the last 24 hours than y'all have had in the past four years. So I think a little bit of complaining might have helped, but I want to make sure that we're on the right path and that it stays that way. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Can I, can, can, uh, we, we beat that one. We beat that one pretty hard there. Uh, I'm to throw a question out there to Alex. Um, you had mentioned in your introduction about the fire tax and the, the tax bills going out and everything. Um, is vacant land taxed the same as improved property? And if so, does the taxes on that land include the fire millage that was rolled into the county operations? The new tax bills that come out don't have a separate line item for fire millage. It's all, according to the assessor's office, it's all rolled into the uh, operations tax. I saw, I saw my tax bill today. That's, that's not true. I mean, my, my bills were... 23 mils for fire for my, my, my assets. So it was, it was separated. But let me just explain what happened. I like to always give history. Um, this goes back to a decision the council made in 2019. Uh, we used to have local fire boards with local members that ran those boards. In 2019, the council voted to abolish those boards and have a central fire department coming out of the council run by the county government, county administrator. Um, I'm telling you, every time, there were, there were, in the wake of this 2019 uh, decision to go from individual boards to a centralized board, every time the council has made a decision, costs have just gone steadily higher and higher and higher. And um, I'll give you an example. In 2016, if you owned a house in Central, you paid $53. A couple of years later, it was $73. In 2019, it went up to $90 to $230. And this year... They put that same fire tax, a property tax, on all your property. It's on your home now. It's on your, your rental properties. It's on your cars. It's on your RV. It's on your motorcycle. It's on your vacant land now. That's a new thing. And it's on the computer in your business. Um, 23 mils, in my opinion, was not only an increase in revenue, but it was, a, it was a broad reach in more tax revenue, which I opposed. Uh, I voted no. I mean, one house, a guy called me today, he paid 152 years ago, paid 230 last year, he's paying 338 this year. And that's just excessive. Okay, so that's one of the reasons I voted against it. And then, is that, no, that county-wise? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in the cities it wouldn't be, because if you have a city, like let's, let's say a city of um, Easley has its own department, it wouldn't be there, but it's mostly county-wide. But the notion, and what you hear all the time from the council, is the notion that it's revenue-neutral. When you actually look at the financial audits, you know, you go back to 2016, we spent $4.6 million on fire, then went to $5.1 million, then $5.4 million in 2019, then $6.5 million, then $7 million the next year, $7.9 million two years ago, then $10.2 million this year. That's an annual increase of about 12%. That's just excessive. You put that together with the, the record 10 mil property tax increase last year for roads, 
I mean, it's just too much. It's a direction I didn't support, and I voted against both. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Uh, in the back. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, Matthew Kudelek. First of all, I want to thank Alex for setting this up. Obviously, there's a huge demand for town halls such as this where the people can come and hear the elected officials and we can voice our concerns, our appreciation. I would recommend in the future we can have a larger venue. I think it would be great because, obviously, these are the people here that care. They care about the way of life in Pickens County and the city of Pickens, so I really appreciate it. And I do thank all the elected representations here, representatives that are here today. Uh, the second point, uh, comment I have is, um, you know, Joshua 1, 8 says, Only be thou strong and courageous, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever thou goest. Our country and our way of life is getting overrun by immoral, Marxist, anti-American people who want to destroy our way of life. You don't have to look far outside of our homes to see this. And I want to encourage you, and I pray for you daily, that you stand up for American values and that we lead the beacon of hope for the entire state and the country or our children and our grandchildren will not live and enjoy the way of life that we do right now. Only be thou strong and courageous. My question is this, you know, six out of the seven days of the week, I either run around Pickens, I ran nine miles around the city of Pickens this morning, did a loop around it, or I ride my bicycle around the county of Pickens. And we have a problem here, like Davey said, a lot of the challenges we have here are not a city problem or a county problem or a state problem or a district problem. They are a collective problem. And furthermore, it's not something that a lot of the challenges we face don't require a government solution. It requires government leadership, and we the people can assist. And one of the challenges I see when I run and ride and drive throughout this area is we have a huge trash and grass problem in the city of Pickens and the county of Pickens. And I really do believe that if we could take the lead of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, and we could have a joint effort amongst elected officials to designate one or two weekends a year where we say this is Beautify Pickens weekend, and we have the support of the county and the state and the, and the local officials and the fire and police, and we encourage people here to lead efforts around their own house like they did around Jerusalem and clean up our area. We can make a huge difference, but we cannot do that as people without leadership from elected officials say, look, this is the designated day. We're going to give our resources up, and I will do everything I can to encourage those that I'm with and local churches to get on board to beautify this amazing location that we live in so we can set the example for South Carolina and the nation. So my question is, Mr. Mayor and Alex, because I think it's more centralized, centralized on you, maybe for uh, Representative Hyatt, is there an opportunity that we can get together and formulate some type of weekends where we can have a beautified Pickens, where we can clean this up and take beauty in this? Because I agree with Mr. Crawford. History is important. We need to study every aspect of it. But you lose appreciation of history when there's trash and grass all over the place. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for that, Matthew. Let me let me tell you what the state's doing. I, a lot of I had a lot of people call and say the grass was. I'm sure Senator Rice did too. The grass is growing up on the side of the road. What happened in the state was that the state of South Carolina had a contract with a group. Uh, I think they had 40 or 50 employees. Well, they defaulted on the contract. Some of them were illegals and they got caught. I think that's what happened. So they 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 defaulted on the contract. So the state had to put the back out for the for another bid to get 
someone to cut the grass, not only Pickens County, but the whole state. So that is, as you've noticed, they're starting to cut the grass again. So the contract has been let. The, the groups are back out there, back out there cutting the grass finally. It was a mess, but they, DOT couldn't do anything about it because the, the company they'd hired, they'd contracted with defaulted. Second thing is Palmetto Promise. That's the group that the litter pickup South Carolina. Because of COVID, they kind of dropped off. They kind of just dropped what they were doing. They're fixing to re-engage as to what they're doing. I had some conversation with them about two weeks ago. Palmetto Promise is fixing to kick it back in all 46 counties. So, I'm sorry, Palmetto Pride. I'm sorry. Thank you, Senator. Thanks. Palmetto Pride. They're, they're fixing to try to get geared back up in all 46 counties. So, you'll probably be, hopefully we'll be hearing about them doing something in Pickens County. If we don't, we'll get them back up here and talk to them again. But I did meet with them two or three weeks ago, and they are re-engaging across the 46 counties. So hopefully that'll help at the state level. I know the county and the city will answer answer their part of it, but that's what's going on at the state level. The, the only thing I'm going to mention about the uh, prisoners cleaning up the roads, I get that question all the time. Uh, basically, if you're, if you're in the LEC and you're sentenced, you're eligible for work. Now, pre-COVID, you had about 50 to 70 sentenced um, prisoners who were there. Like, if you got a sentence to 100 years, you're not going to stay in the county jail. You're going to go down state. But if you got 90 days or less, you'll be a trustee and you'll be in the county system. They'll put you out for work. Used to see them all the time. What happened is there was a change in family court. Uh, what, I've, what I can see as far as sentencing, they're just not sentencing as many to family court and family court to jail. So you used to have 50 to 70 that were eligible for work. It's only 15 to 20 now. The county government used to control all those workers at the stockade. And, of course, they used those workers at the recycle centers. They used them at the Haygood Mill. They used them to pick up litter. They transferred that authority to control those prisoners over to the sheriff. So it went from 50 to 70 down to 15 to 20. And most of those 15 to 20 now work inside the jail. Those two things have really made the difference. As the population grows up a little bit, I think we're going to get one or two employees. But that's why the prison is you don't see them anymore. Matthew, let me just address that a little bit. Uh, you are right. Uh, if you drive, and I'm going to say, if you go to Pennsylvania and ride the roads up there, it look, they look good up there. Uh, several years back, I had a lady call me from Clemson was talking about how bad 123 looked. Uh, and I went out there and rode, to, rode through there. And you're right, it was bad, especially in the wintertime. Uh, and Davey's correct. The mowing contract, they just let it again. They are out there mowing. The, uh, they're picking up when they mow. But in the wintertime, they're not picking up. DOT was restricted to $10,000 to let a contract for cleaning up the roads. And I'm talking about state roads, not, not necessarily county or city. Uh, so they are now trying to expand that number. They're trying to raise that number so that they can let a contract. But I'm going to go back to the Palmetto Pride issue. Uh, the lady called me up and said something about the road. Well, I first thing I thought about was I'm going to get on the phone and tell DOT to get out there and pick up the road. The second thing I thought was if I don't get out there and do something, then I can't call somebody else and tell them to go do it. I'm going to go pick them up myself. So I made a rather unintelligent move, and I went out there and adopted two miles of 123. <laughs> <laughs> and not... Not only did I adopt two miles of 123, I adopted the first two miles leaving easily going toward Clemson, where everything blows out, including money, because I've picked up $101 in cash out there. But, so I encourage everybody to start adopting houses. 
adopt highways and start picking up cash. Now you'll get a lot of other stuff. I mean, you know, when somebody throws up a bag of diapers or whatever else like that. But the first time I picked that stretch up, uh, the first two miles, I picked up 121 bags of trash. And, and then since then, it's not near as bad, but it is bad in the wintertime. But I do encourage groups. I know the Easley Rotary Club has adopted a road. So anything we can do to encourage people to adopt churches, groups, uh, I would get out there and do that. And that would help because anything we do keeps us from spending taxpayer dollars on that. So, Mayor, can you get the city's view? Yeah, actually, the cat. Yeah, actually, what's that? <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I've, I've done some volunteer work. Um, the, um, the, we have a program where I think we put, we, we put aside money. I think we pay nonprofits $250 for every mile they actually pick up. Uh, we've done that, and we've, um, I think we've done 140 miles of that. But ultimately what we need to do is hire full-time litter people to actually pick up and clean up the roads. We're going to need that soon. When I, when, I, when I came in the building, there's a lady on, this, on the second row right here. She, uh, raise your hand, please. Thank you. Uh, she indicated about doing something for beautification. And Matthew, you're correct, but it takes leadership to start the ball rolling. So I asked uh, a person at City Hall to, to start a come go with the mayor and let's clean up the street. So I think that's a great idea. If you would get with Matthew... And Matthew, get with me. Let's start something with that, okay? True? Thank you. All right. Is it a question or a statement? Question? Yeah, quick question. It goes into with the trash pickup. What is the county doing better to enforce the current ordinances on the books with regards to abandoned houses and abandoned cars? The, fir the first thing is there is no there is no ordinance against abandoned houses. No. Yeah, there is. Yeah, the the, the ordinance for abandoned cars is um, if it's not tagged and you don't have a tarp on it, you get fined. Let me just give you a, a little history real quick about um, those type of issues, which are high grass, trash in the yard, junk in the yard, abandoned vehicles. I had complaints at four complaints in my district, and. The code person went out there, he'd file it, he would do the citation, and I would call every month just to get an update what was happening. He went out again, gave another citation. Person didn't show up for court, and, I, and the court would and it would be dismissed, the case. And, and I would say, well, why is it being dismissed? I go to the jail, and what I'm told is the judge is dismissing the cases. I go tour the jail. I happen to tour, be touring the jail that day with Rick Clark, and I'm telling him this story. And this real big guy comes out from behind something, and he says, judges don't dismiss cases. And I'm like, who are you? He goes, I'm a judge. He's like that Benjamin Dow guy. He's real tall. He goes, no, you're, you're, your guy, who, who's the code person, is dismissing the cases. Wow. That's been going on for years. He retired. Okay. Then we hired two litter control officers. And I follow those cases, and what happens is you, a lot of them get cleaned up. But a lot of them don't. And you'll know those houses that they're, they're just either people are hoarders or they don't want to clean it up. And the judges are reluctant to find them to oblivion. They just don't want to do that. There's got to be an alternative where the community says, well, they, with these cases, with these houses, where well, they don't want to clean them up to code. 
We're not going to find these people to oblivion, but the neighbors are going to get together and clean it. Something like that, because that you, we've have I probably had maybe fifteen or sixteen of these cases over the last two years. Most of them get taken care of, but there's two or three that just haven't. And we need another alternative. We just can't find them into oblivion. So that's something we have to work on. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Uh, do we have any questions for the school board? You do. Go ahead. <laughs> Yes, on the end of it for Senate and House. Okay. But for the school board, um, I was recently involved in um, discussion with Amy and a group at the Easley Library about CRT and about books that are in our school. I'd like to know from your position on the school board, what are you doing to, I'm not going to use the word censor, but to make sure that inappropriate content is not available to children, regardless, I mean, there's age appropriate. I don't want to hear about Sammy's wearing a new dress. Um, you know, parents raise their children. Reading, writing, and arithmetic in our schools. The question for Senate and House is that our education system in South Carolina has been poor for years. And I would like to know your position on school choice. Yeah. Please remind me your first name. Denise. Denise. Denise, and thank you for being involved. I mean, that is the key to it. Well, we all know the world today, information is right at our fingertips. And we do have people that are generous and they'll want to donate books and people will just show up and they'll donate books to the media center. And I mean, we have a lot of folks that try to go through and read and everybody does try to do their absolute best. Are mistakes made? Yes. We have policies and procedures that we have seen that have been revised, that have been put in place. Hey, we are always trying to do what is right by the child. Also, I don't personally read every single book that's in every one of these libraries. I don't know if every person in this room has ever done that. I mean, that is a huge task. But I do know this. The culture of the Pickens County School District is to do what's best for the kids. That is exactly what they are trying to do every single day. It is a large organization, Denise. There's 2,000 employees. And we really work hard to try to generate that culture because we trust those teachers. And that, that's a lot of trust that's given to teachers. But you know what? I think they do a very, very good job with everything that they have to handle nowadays because reading, writing, and arithmetic, today's school system is not at the top anymore, it feels like. There's so many other issues that these teachers deal with from these environments that these kids come from. But here's the culture that's been developed as I have been a part of the school board and listening. This is gonna deal with trash. So instead of let's go fix you know, the symptom of the problem, I'm sitting here hearing, we need to start teaching about what literate, littering does to our streets. We start teaching that to the kids and why it's important to not litter. I was in Ben Haygood today and I was watching a student and we reward them for picking up trash. So if we can start to reward kids at that age, guess what? Then they'll be adults for us. 
Our school system does a great job of hearing what's going on in society and talking about it and trying to develop a plan. I mean, we really do. But we know in this society we live in, it is a choice society. I just think we got great people who are doing amazing things for that. So please continue to help us in reading books and looking through. I mean, that's why we've tried to make everything available. And, you know, we have limited resources also. And so that's what I tell everybody. Get involved like what you're doing. Be a volunteer. Get in the schools. We want great people being great mentors, really setting a good example. And that's why that Y Mentorship Program and all those are so successful. Because, you know, we got a lot of young people that don't have great examples at home to look up to. And so, and that's what we want to do. Thank you, man. Thank you. Let me finish addressing the issue on the CRT issue. We we have a proviso in the budget. It needs to be tweaked. We obviously dealt with that this year. The school board supported what we our intent of the legislature was. So thank you, Shannon, and what they did because they voted unanimous to take that book off the shelves or not off the take it out of the classroom, and that was important. Uh, Davey and I met with several of the board members and the administration at the school. They are going to start trying to do a better job of reviewing books earlier in the year because what happens is sometimes they don't review them till late and stuff gets in there. So, uh, But I'm going to say this. They do put the books out for review. And and some of the numbers that I'm hearing are not good because there's 16,000, I think, students in the school system. Uh, they put the books out, science books, and, and a number of books last year for review. They had eight. Uh, school and uh, school personnel, I think teachers, and four parents go look at that out of 16,000 people looking at the book. So the parents have got to get involved. they got to get involved early, and they've got to let us know about it. But the, the, the board's trying to do what they can do. It's just stuff gets in there sometimes. You don't know it's in there. Um, on school choice, uh, we had a bill, uh, I think it's 935, I believe that's the correct number. I worked on it for two years. We got it down, the, ha- the House passed that bill. It came back to the Senate. We were down the last day. We thought we were going to pass that bill. Uh, it, it's an education scholarship plan. Uh, we lost it on the last day. We lost it over testing requirements. We'll be back at it again next year. So I, I'll support that as long as I can. And uh, anything in school choice Within reason, I, you know, I'm not going to take all the money and let the, everything that one child gets, but I'm going to take enough money for that child to go where that child wants to go and go to get a good education. If they want to stay in the public system, they can stay in the public system. If they want to go to the private system, they'll have the funding to do that. So I'll support that. Uh, as Senator Rice said, we did pass it in the House. Uh, I voted for it. I was actually one of the co-sponsors of it. Uh, the, the, the biggest the biggest issue, and, and everybody in my family is a public school teacher, so I hear about education every time I sit down at the table, so whether I want to or not. But uh, the, the biggest issue with private funds, public funds and all that is the transportation issue. You know, we can give a child – we can – give a child a f- freedom to go to any school they want to go to. But if they can't get there, it doesn't do them any good. Because there's a lot of parents that, you know, their children have to get on the bus at 6 o'clock in the morning and don't get home till 4.30 in the afternoon. And the parents working two or three jobs to try to make it happen. And, you know, only they're, they're working as hard as they can. They don't have the potential of transportation to get them to that 
school of choice. And so that's been the biggest drawback is how do you handle the transportation issues if you give them the full school choice? That was that that was addressed semi in the bill that Representative Rice, I mean Senator Rice was talking about. It was addressed somewhat, but it wasn't addressed to the full extent that it needs to be addressed. I've always been a big supporter of public education. I, I fully believe that we have the, one of the best school districts in the state. I, when I'm in Columbia, people talk when they talk about school districts, they always bring up Pickens County as being one of the best in the state. And I fully support what they're trying to do. But I also understand that we're in a culture and we're in a climate now to where if parents choose, if parents want to take their child and further their education somewhere else other than their local school, they need to go do that. They have to do that because there's so many teachers. My wife will tell you she spends half her time. She teaches at the high school level. She'll tell you she spends half her time dealing with the the young person that's probably not is waiting to turn 16 or 17 so they can drop out. They're not there to really learn. And so she's spending a lot of her time instead of teaching that child and doing everything she can to help that child that wants to learn. That's why we need that's why we need school choice. We have it in Pickens County. We have school choice in Pickens County within the county. But if if a child chooses to go to a school and it's got to be availability now. We can't just immediately say, I want to go to that school and automatically get it. It's got to be availability. If that child chooses to go to Greenville County, Oconee, Greenville, Anderson, wherever they feel comfortable, I believe it's time we allow that to happen. Thank you. Yes, sir. I had a question for the mayor. All right. Uh, for, be for you, Mayor Perry. I'm David McLaughlin. I live here in Pickens. My question would be, would the uh, city council be willing to consider establishing voting districts within the city. And uh, if I could have just a minute to, I didn't just think that was a cool idea one day. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of examples of that are, uh, we, had a, we had a guy, a city employee comes by, he had a truck, he picks up the limbs, and he just did a very good job. He, he, he would come and knock on the door and tell you, I can't pick it up for whatever reason, if you can just, he just did a good job. I like to praise as much as I, as I complain, and I thought, well, I'll just call, talk to his supervisor and say, you got a good guy, you got a good ambassador out there. That took three months. And when I, I went to the, down to the uh, city hall, and uh, one thing led to another, and what they finally did was they submitted a work order to the streets guy to have him call me, and that's what he did. If we, if we had voting districts, then the city was broken into voting districts, then I would have a council member that I would contact with problems just like that. And I, I did the, the checking that I could do on that. I found out it's, it's not a state matter. It's a, it's a local thing. And you and the council could just a, a, a majority vote. And then you'd have to have somebody draw the districts. But th that would be my question. I thank you. Thank you, sir. Currently, we have at-large districts. In other words, they're not broken up into districts. When I first came back to Pickens in 1994, I thought, why don't we have districts, okay? Uh, 
because I always would like to have a certain person from this area be responsible for that area. The problem, what I think it would be, is could you get someone to run if you divided it up in districts? <clears throat> Unlike Liberty right now, they're having a tough time trying to get council members to even sign up, okay? So that, again, we have a council form of government, and as I have a meetings each month, we have citizens to come and make comments. I invite you to come and, and bring that subject to council and put it on the table and see where we stand with that. Yes, sir, I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Who's next? Yes, ma'am. I want to, Shannon, I want to thank y'all for your recent vote. Um, I was shocked. I wasn't thinking it was going to be a unanimous decision. Um, and I don't usually get shocked. <laughs> but you're going to have more of these book challenges. And I just want to let you know that the reason is because of our present standards that we have in place, Senator Rice. And we have standards that are called South Carolina College Career Ready Standards. They are over 90% in line with Common Core. And if you read the standards like I have as a former teacher, it lends itself to a teacher being able to choose any book any book that they want to read. They can justify it by those standards. And that's what that committee did. That's what they did. They used the standards to tell you that that book was okay to use. And teachers are going to be doing that too. And it's going to get worse. And I don't know what the answer is, whether we can change. You know, y'all said no common core, that's what y'all passed, and they turned around and made in line with common core standards. And that, that has, that's what's going, that's our problem. You wanna brag about the graduation rate of Pickens County? It's wonderful, but how many of those that graduate are reading on grade level? That's what I wanna know. How many that graduate are reading on grade level? Are we graduating students that need to be graduated? I just want to know those kind of things. And my third thing is, I want transparency with this school board, and I'm not getting it. I filed a FOIA request and still have not received that information. Paid over 200 dollars for it, $280, and was not given everything to begin with, and then wasn't even addressed on the second thing that I asked for. Nothing was. So we need to work on that. Thank Thanks. Jen, would you like to comment? Yes, ma'am, we got one from the front. My name is Amanda Hollinsby, and I am the parent that raised the issue with the book stamped in Pickens County. And I do appreciate very much that the board voted ultimately to get rid of the book, but I take issue with what you say regarding the teachers trying to provide great resources. I brought this up to the principal, Mr. Culler, the vice principal, Mr. Evans, the teacher, Ms. Seaton. I gave them 
many quotes from the book, excerpts from the book, and how it violated Proviso 1.105. Each concept of that proviso is violated in that book. And I made that very clear to all three of those educators. And their response to me was, that's your opinion. That's your interpretation of the book. You see it differently than we do. It's within our teaching standards. They formed a panel after I filed a form. I had to go through a policy throughout this entire policy. The book remained in use. That first panel with the school voted to keep it in the curriculum. It's within teaching standards, and it's not inculcating students. I had to appeal that to the district level. Again, a unanimous vote to keep that book in the school. Ultimately, it fell on the lap of the uh, school board members. So again, I am thankful, but I'm a little ticked off that it had to go that far. I don't think it ever should have gone that far. These educators are poisoning our children's minds. This isn't the only book, and it remains in use while it's being reviewed. How can you, once a child has been exposed to trash, how do you unsee that? How do you take that experience away from them? I, I wish I could form a question. I guess my question is, how do you stop this? It should have never been there in the first place. And I'm sorry that there's a little bit of anger in my voice. I'm a Yankee. I come from Chicago. And I was warned by, first time I'm saying this in my life, y'all, <laughs> don't come here and bring there here. I am fighting like hell to not let this be like there. Thank you. Thank you. Amanda. Amanda, I need to say thank you because, because of your effort and continuing to push through that, it, it shed light on some things. And you saw, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, and that's why we say the system will never be perfect. And the reason is because it's people. We all make mistakes. But you, with your help, Everybody, with their help, hey, we do the same thing. We log on to Schoology and we look at what Ashland's, you know, going through and studying. We we do it with Branson. I mean, but thank you for doing that. And as you see, we are concerned and we want to try to make the right decisions. Well, I feel that some of you are concerned, not enough people, and not the people in the right places. Right. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, man. Right. Yes, sir. Only because she said she was from Chicago and she sat down and didn't get shot. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just glad she so, said y'all. But, but uh, I know, I know, but a couple generations back I had Ken from East Park. So um, I had the pleasure of meeting Mayor Fletcher. And I hope you take me up on that offer. Grab, grab dinner. I did 34 years, four months, continuous service in our U.S. Army. Thank you. Didn't say that. No, no, I... I'm not here for 50 minutes of fame. I did two weeks on Romper Room in 1967. So <laughs> my, my mom's fault. God rest her soul. Um, but we had choice. I had choice. My wife and I had choice to retire, and I chose Pickens County. And we're up the hill a bit off Shady Grove, and we're building a house. I told my wife back there, her name is Mary. I'm doing this for you, my love. And I told Mayor Fletcher, Mary, Todd, think of 
Abe Lincoln's crazy wife, you'll know us forever. So I got three questions. Question number one, uh, County, do you have any volunteer positions? Because now that I'm retired, my wife's trying to get me out of the house. Yes. Okay. Call me tomorrow. 878-1961. 878-1961, I think. And this is a question number two. May I shamelessly plug the uh, Combat Trauma Healing Manual for Combat Veterans Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at East Pickens Baptist, Baptist uh, Church starting the 26th of October. Um, I'll be leading that. And then also, if there's any veterans that you know of that are homeless, that are truly, and I got to spend time with them, get a little dirty, they got to be on the uptick. They want to they wanna be able to tie their own shoes. I'll help them find shoes, but they got to be willing to tie their own shoes. Um, there's a grant right now that's servicing not only Pickens County, but Anderson, Spartanburg, and Greenville for a transition through training, education, and then employment and housing. So I would love to be able to maybe share that information with you and get that out. So thank you. And Todd, we would love more volunteers, male volunteers in the Yeah, also. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, I tell you, my 1901, 1901 Irish grandmother, 4 foot 11 inches, she raised me. She said, she used a belt on me, right? I never, I never laid a hand on my kids. My wife, two of our kids won't even talk to us right now. But, so I'm just saying, there's something with that belt there. I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, let me let me. Sir. You mentioned the homeless issue. Yes, sir. I heard something today, and I was at the, uh, the what we call the chief's meeting, which is all the law enforcement officers in the county. Yes, sir. And something that surprised me today, and you may want to contact the police officers in or the chief in uh, Clemson. Okay. But they've got a homeless population that is growing in Clemson. Yes, sir. And it is it is getting out of control. Yeah, they and they're, I, they're advanced. I mean, it's it's an ecosystem within the, a wood line. But I didn't, you know, when I think of Clemson, I don't think of the homeless population. No, sir. And and I don't think of Pickens County as being that either. But we do have that. But Clemson is an area that, we, that needs to be targeted for the homeless. Very good. Thank you, sir. Final question. This is going to be the, the final question. We're going to try to wrap it up after her question. Yes, ma'am. Kind of on the heels of what he talked about, and um, I very much believe that if we have homeless indigenously in our locality, that the church and charity, as the function of church and charity first, not government, to take care of these people, to bless them, to try to give them a hand up, not a hand out. However, the homeless populations in every zip code here are suddenly, is it, I've been told, I don't know if this is true, that we have received homeless from other localities here I don't know if grant monies have been given to shelters here to take care of them. Why they were allowed to come here, was is that true? I'm just wondering what's going on with that because it seems like it, it's, it seems a sudden and kind of large thing. And we've noticed it and there's a lot that goes along with that. And again, I know these are people. I am not, I'm not opposed to you know, taking care of, loving on a homeless person. Um, I've, had, I've had homeless people in my own family but bringing them in from other localities, if that's true, what was the thought process behind that in let, each of these? Let me tell you what I heard today, and, I, and I'm, I mean, I heard it from authorities, so I got to believe it. The bus systems and the cat bus system that runs from Greenville to Clemson is a free system. So they'll get on the bus in Greenville, and they go to Clemson, and that's where it stops. What about and Pickens, the, though? Does it come here? Well, I, I don't know, so, but I'm just telling you, that's how it's the counted. bus system, the local bus systems is what's, and I know we've got a place in Belton, a little building down there that's that we've had a lot of break-ins in, 
and it's homeless people down there. And they tell me it's people riding the bus from Anderson to Belton okay. and getting off down there. So, I mean, I'm not... I'm not blaming that for it, but I mean that's one of the that's reasons. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, is there a more official? And thank you for that. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Is there? I don't know if the Any mayor knows. The city or, or county or, or the county. Yeah. Does anybody know what's what's true about them being actually received from other localities versus just coming on their own? I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I guess I better. Um, yes, they are coming from other places okay um I, I was told by someone who was there that they intercepted a busload of them from greenville being dropped off here in pickens and that potential an individual turned them around and followed them back to the county line okay i uh, don't know how many of them how many other loads got dropped off before it got intercepted i, I can't answer that who's and dropping so, them off? i'm so sorry and who's so them and so it's a real issue. It's a real problem. Yeah. It's a major issue. Um, I'm, 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 tr I'm trying to be. I understand. I, I'm, 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 I don't well, want anyone to hear me through a filter understand. of unkindness because understand. that's not what I'm that's, speaking. That's where we're that's where yeah. we're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, these folks that are walking the street, and I'll use Pickens because that's what I see. Sure. These fo folks that are walking Pickens have been trespassed from every single building, right. store, yeah. whatever possible in Pickens. They've been, they're everywhere. Uh, they sleep anywhere they can find a place to sleep. Right. Uh, I have so many people call me saying, hey, look, what's the state going to do about it? Obviously, it's, it, the, the homeless shelter is in the county, but right next to the city limits. So I think the process is that every morning at 7 o'clock, the homeless shelter closes the doors. They all have to leave. Right. They can't get back in until 7 o'clock that night. So all they can do is wander. Right. And um, I asked the question about why so many of them had a bicycle. Right. I've wondered the same. Well, I was told by law enforcement that they acquire those bicycles in other counties and get here on those bicycles. And I don't think they pay for those bicycles, but they acquire them. Right. And um, so we have got to find an answer. Right. I'm, I'm born and raised here. I'm 62 years old. I've never seen anything like this. Right. It's in it so never, sudden. There, it's, and every yeah. single person that I talk to wants to help. Right. But they're also frustrated. Right. They want to know what is being done. And so... I have asked, and this, I'm going to spring this on the mayor tonight so he can't say no. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've talked to law enforcement. Okay. I've talked to some other folks, and we're going to sit down and try to come up with some kind of a plan that involves churches, groups, business owners. I'm not in favor of helping somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. Right. I I'll, agree. I'll, I'll, 100%. It's got to be a hand up, not that's, a hand down. That's exactly right. And if these folks aren't willing to help themselves, then I'm not, I'm not willing to help them. Right. But the Dream Center in Easley is yes, a classic yes. example of how to do it. Yep. I've yes. talked to Chris and Jim Wilson about it. We've had lengthy conversations about it. They're willing to help. We just got to get the pieces in place here. And I'm not saying we're going to get it done. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Sure. It's going to be... Resources need, financial resources need. There's going to be some 
tough decisions made. There's going to be some uh, unpopular decisions made at times. But we've got to we've got to stop it. Right. We have to stop it. I agree. I mean, you from week to week it gets bigger and it gets it more does. and more. It does. I mean, yeah. I've got a business. I don't know if you know about my business. I'm right across the street from the city hall and <laughs> next door to the museum. I have two or three of them come in every single day just to sit down because they've walked all night. Right. I mean, they'll sit there 20 or 30 minutes, and I give them a bottle of water or whatever I can do to help them. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm as sympathetic as they come. Sure. But we've got to find a solution to it. I agree. I would guess, and Chief Beach is gone, but I would guess if he were to answer this question, I would imagine that 75% of his calls are dealing with the homeless. Right. Maybe more. So my understanding, this was not authorized by anyone officially. No, this so is just sort of this happening This is a private, privately owned okay. shelter. And, you know, it's privately owned, so there's no government funding involved and all that kind okay, of stuff. that's what I wondered. So we have to be careful how we sure. how we step in and intervene as a, as a government official. Right. But we've got to fix the issue. Right. We've got to at least try to fix the issue. Right. And it's going to take everybody in this room because, you know, I've had some people say, you know, if they loot, I'm going to shoot. You know, we can't, we got to get rid, we got to get over that. We've got, we've got to teach them how to be productive. I had a guy come in one day and said, oh, I'm so tired. I've been walking all night. And I said, well, how many help wanted signs did you trip over to get here? <laughs> you know, so. We, we've got to we've got to help these people be productive members of the. I, I don't have a problem with them being here if they're productive members of society. Oh, I agree. It would sure. it would help some of these business owners. Jeremy <laughs> probably hire one or two right now if they knew how to be a mechanic. No. So we we need we need to teach them how to be productive members of society. Right. And so you're exactly right. I wasn't going to say anything, but I've kind of got involved because of this is my hometown. Right. Well, I mean, so, they, they come to you and at the grocery store. You can't right. help. But, and I'm not opposed to someone coming up to me. I'm I, okay. But it's not always, you know, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm just right. being honest. You, you do feel a little more vulnerable when you've got That's a right. very large man coming up asking you for money and getting in your space and, you know, wanting to, well, what else do you have? Are you sure you don't have any money? It's, mm-hmm. the Ingalls can't manage that. And no. so, and I'm not, again, I'm not demonizing anyone, but it's just, suddenly an issue well it shouldn't be the responsibility of angles handling that no it shouldn't right but they're on there they sit in they front of their store they've been trespassing there so what they do yeah. is they go up as close as they can to the door right and and that's where they interact right and i have referred them to the homeless shelter that i know of i, I mean i want there's churches you know can i help can mm-hmm. i is there you know is there anywhere what do you need but we've worked with homeless ministries in our church before and unfortunately sometimes it's Again, I'm not I'm not stereotyping, but what we found with our group in Greenville was a pillow in a pit, not a hand up out of that pit, and a way to live well. Um, so yeah, so I just wondered, all of a sudden they're here. Yeah, we, we, it, it's it's a major issue. It's everybody in this room shaking their head, going, "Yeah, it's an issue." So we we've okay. all we've all got to work together, and I hope everybody in this room is shaking their head. Yes, will be willing to help us because sure. we. You know, Barry can probably tell you story after story of them hanging out down there at the market at the mill. I've worked some of them. I yeah. have worked some of them came and I've worked yeah. them, but we have caught them on Chris Ivy's furniture sleeping. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. But, but thank you. Thank yes, you for thank you for saying that. You know, sometimes sometimes that's a 
a topic nobody wants to address. I know, and I was wanting to be careful, and we came in late, and I didn't know if somebody asked. But, but, but just, thank you. Yeah, we, thank we, you. We, we hope to put something together. To, like I said, I just sprung that on the mayor, but he, he can't say no now because I said it in public. And so he's going to... He has to help us. Well, thank you, Mr. Hyatt. Thank but, you, Mayor. But, uh, thank you for that. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, that's going to conclude the official Q&A town hall. Uh, I'm sure the guys are parked in the parking lot here. So if, they, if you have any other questions, you may can direct it to them. I appreciate the, the fellas being here. I appreciate the fellas being here. And appreciate everyone participating. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.